it's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talking Ag Lane Nordland, for today's LaneCast. It's time for another agriculture conversation on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. Today, we will be discussing the importance of beefing up rural broadband across Montana and the nation and why it is an essential part of enhancing the future and sustainability of family farms and ranches and the longevity of our rural communities. We'll be joined by the Montana Farm Bureau's Rachel Cohn right after this. As a Montana Farm Bureau member, you have access to a lot of valuable benefits. Now you can have your savings on the go with the Farm Bureau Member Benefits app. The app will show you where you can use your membership discounts with Granger, Case IH, Choice Hotels, John Deere, and more. Plus, with the app, your membership card is on your phone for easy access. It's free. Download the app today. Simply go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Farm Bureau Benefits app. Montana Farm Bureau, we care for the country. As we return back to our agriculture conversations on the Langcast Ag Podcast, uh, as promised, joining us with the Montana Farm Bureau is Rachel Cohn, Director of State Governmental Affairs. Uh, Rachel, uh, how are things going at the home office for MFB up there in Bozeman today? Hi, Lane. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, it's a good day today. We've got some some sunshine in here in Bozeman, which is good. Got some much needed rain in the past couple of days, so things are looking good. Hopefully, uh, we start to keep up with the cool weather, and as we go into fall, definitely a little more optimism and a little relief for the state's farmers and ranchers, with folks receiving anywhere from a half of, of an inch all the way up to two inches, depending on where they're at. Really helping with these wildfires and maybe delaying a little bit of that harvest uh, this fall, but uh, it seems to be ticking away just just uh, as well with uh, kind of uh, smaller spring crops, of course, due to the drought. But Rachel, uh, MFBF has been pretty busy. I know you were just up in Great Falls uh, discussing a great opportunity for uh, agriculture, for biodiesel and biofuels. Uh, do, do you want to share a little bit about this uh, really big opportunity for Montana agriculture and refiners as well? Absolutely. Yeah, we were so excited to join uh, the folks up in Great Falls at the Cal- at Calumet to, to learn more about biodiesel and then learn about how it's going to impact Montana ag. Um, you know, they, they had the ribbon cutting ceremony. We were joined by the governors, a lot of other ag organizations, as well as uh, a lot of state legislators to celebrate this. You know, um, I don't think anyone questions that Montana ag is important and that it's, it's the biggest industry in the state. And uh, any other way that we can have to improve ag and give it more opportunity um, is always welcome. Um, and so right now we learned at that at that ribbon cutting ceremony that right now they're bringing in a lot of the crops to uh, get that crude oil so they can turn it into biodiesel. Um, and the goal is to some point make it all in state so we can take use um, we can use Montana ag products and create and use them to create the Montana biodiesel. Um, and so again, it's just another opportunity for Montana farmers and ranchers. So we really appreciated being part of that and learning about it, and we're excited for the opportunity for for our members. And speaking of those members that grow oilseed crops out in the countryside, uh, how does this change their outlook on different rotational crops and having a steady market for especially oilseed crops when we get to that phase where they can all stay within the state and be processed in the state and then exported or used here at home? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, this is not the first time I've said it, or you've heard it, you know, we've been talking about value added agriculture. So how can we add more value to, to the farms and ranches? And this is just another opportunity, another, another uh, 
crop that you can throw into your rotation, another place that you can sell your crop. You can, if you're in Great Falls, you can take it down the road. You know, there's a lot of things that we're still learning and figuring out, you know, where, where can the, the, um, these crops go to be pressed so they can become those crude oils. You know, that, that kind of thing we're still, we're still learning about and finding where that opportunity might be. But for the farmers and ranchers, really, it will turn into just, just another bit of agriculture that can add value to the farm or the ranch and, and just expand uh, where your profits are coming from. Well, again, a great opportunity uh, to see uh, a great supporter of Central Montana and Montana look at a way that they can support uh, Montana farms. As you mentioned, they are uh, bringing in some of that product right now with that overall goal of uh, being able to buy all Montana crops, process them, and make a, a biofuel. And again, that comes into the conversation of how do farmers uh, play a role in the climate discussion. So uh, I'm just eager to, to see how this uh, continues uh, to play out for the state's farmers. Um, uh, what, what else did maybe, uh, what, what were some of the other conversations you heard up in Great Falls on, uh, from uh, the attendees at that event? Um, it's exciting just to have new partnerships too. I mean, that was one thing that I came away with that. Um, maybe we wouldn't have thought as a refinery is a great partner for us in the past, but now uh, knowing the people at Calumet, knowing some of the other players in there, from, you know, the people who are developing tradesmen to go into these refineries to be able to work there to, you know, increasing jobs in that Great Falls area um, and, and including like the the addition of, of agriculture, all of that coming together, I think is just the, the biggest thing that we can be thankful for is having these rural communities and, and building a lot of um, bridges between all the different aspects of, of different places in the state and, and creating jobs and creating uh, outlook, outlets for, for agriculture products. And we, we are super excited to see the governor there. The governor gave a big shout out to Montana Ag, um, in addition to the folks at Calumet. And, uh, and it's just, it's really uh, welcoming to, to know that there are so many different players in the state that want to see agriculture succeed. So obviously it's great to have that opportunity and to have the infrastructure of uh, an already established uh, fuel processing facility in the central Montana area where so many of these crops are growing. But Rachel, the, a, a bigger discussion around infrastructure has been uh, being discussed out in the countryside mm -hmm. and out in Washington, D.C. And I know producers have been a little weary about what this infrastructure bill is and how it's going to get paid for. And I, I, I've been asked a, a lot by producers just uh, why did that groups get behind uh, the Biden administration's infrastructure plan when possibly they're going to raise taxes on family farms and ranches. Could you maybe just clear up a little bit about what this infrastructure plan is, how it benefits Montana and Western farmers and ranchers, and uh, how Montana Farm Bureau and the American Farm Bureau played a role in being a voice uh, for producers uh, in this discussion of national infrastructure? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's no secret that modernization is, is desperately needed for rural America um, and expanding people's access to broadband is incredibly important. I mean, we knew it, we've known it for a long time and it's been a priority for, for Montana Farm Bureau and the American Farm Bureau for a long time. Um, but last year really displayed that we, there is a huge need for this. You know, when people were having their kids at home, they were working from home. There was a lot of kids that had to travel to you know, the nearest coffee shop or McDonald's or something so they could sit in the parking lot and do their homework. And, and you know what, that's, that's really not, not something that they need to depend on. They should be able to do this stuff at home. Um, and, and so 
between expanding broadband access and upgrading rural roads and bridges and waterways, farmers and ranchers really do depend on access to broadband. So th this infrastructure bill, is, it's bringing in a lot of those top priorities. Um, there was some bipartisan work towards the infrastructure solution that uh, will not increase capital gains or, or uh, corporate tax rates. Um, so a lot of the things that people are worried about um, at this time, they've been, it's been promised that those raises won't happen. Um, you, you know, it's, uh, so we do welcome the, um, the desire to increase people's access to it and give people the opportunity to have, have uh, rural broadband. You know, there's 25% of Americans in this country don't have access to rural broadband. And I think a lot of folks that are living in more urban areas, that's probably not something they even realize. Uh, you know, as someone who's lived in pretty urban areas and rural areas, I can definitely tell you that there, there are people out there that don't understand that, what it's like living without internet. And so it's important that we we give people in rural America and, and in rural Montana access to it. It's, it's really no longer a luxury to have access to internet. It's, it's a big necessity in people's lives. And uh, just a tail ending off of the rural infrastructure uh, course going through Congress, uh, USDA released its uh, report that occurs every three years on just computer and internet access nationally. And Rachel, in Montana, that report shows that farms and ranches had internet access about 88% of farms and ranches, which I know that's a, a big increase of about five percentage points from three years ago, but we are just seeing about 63% of producers, they're utilizing cellular to do that because we do have those good cellular uh, connections. Broadband, about 61% of producers also utilize that. And when we look at the broadband discussion, as you mentioned, having that ability to, to have classes at home, connect uh, with, with uh, each other via Zoom, but also agriculture purchases, they continue to uh, have an uptick as well as people buy more things from home. What are some of the things that Montana Farm Bureau has done to ensure that broadband uh, continue to be a top uh, issue in the state of Montana and also on the national level? That, of course, Nicole Rolfe working on, on those national issues as well. But uh, wh how, why is it so important for infrastructure, that infrastructure bill to include broadband, but also continuing to advocate uh, for good cellular service and broadband connectivity? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, like uh, access to, to cell, cell service or internet access, it's, it's really not a luxury. We all need it, whether you're, um, you know, outside all day and you just need to have access to things or, you know, agricultural practices are improving. So to have more data-driven decisions to be able to, um, you know, connect to different cloud-based um, equipments and, and know how to use your resources well. So as we improve agricultural practices, we can know how to use, we can, we can do more, we can produce more, we can utilize less resources, and we can be cautious about how we're farming and ranching to, pr to provide food and fiber for the country and beyond that. You know, like I said, for farmers and for farmers, the the utilization of equipment and resources, you can have really specific data to understand that. That all comes with the ability to have that broadband. For farmers, I'm, I'm sorry, for ranchers, you know, being able to um, go out and check your livestock and and keep make sure that uh, we're improving animal health and and keeping um, keeping a close eye on all of our livestock. All of that comes with increased access to broadband. So on a Farm Bureau level here in Montana, um, this past session, we had Senate Bill 297, which was the Connect uh, MT Act, 
Um, there was a lot of big proponents for that. Of course, there's a lot of details where people had to work out small things, but for the most part, everybody was supporting it from, from the uh, companies like Verizon and T-Mobile to farmers and ranchers to, to any, you know, to other businesses that this impacts because it's not just, you know, farmers and ranchers are doing it for a lot of reasons, but they're also a type of business. So they're, uh, in, they're uh, benefiting from improved access, just like small businesses in small towns are, just like small businesses from across the country are. Um, so we supported that bill uh, and we're big proponents of that as it as we work through things along the line, working with ARPA, the American Rescue Plan Act and the money coming in from the federal level, the state will utilize this bill to have these different um, broadband infrastructure accounts so that there's the ability to create um, more uh, more broadband across the country. And, and so that it's not all based on who can afford it and who can afford to put the broadband into their homes that there's just more access to it. Just like, uh, you know, I have, I have good access to internet here at the Bozeman office. Uh, people should have good access to internet at their homes and, and their farms and ranches across the state. No, definitely. So, and uh, uh, jumping back to the conversation of our rural infrastructure plan as well, Rachel, roads, inland waterways, ports, railways, all essential in getting our products, whether that be livestock or grains or oil crops uh, down the road to consumers, uh, whether that be for food, fiber or transportation as well. What, what are some of the key things that you want our listeners to know about the importance of updating infrastructure across the board and uh, maybe give a shout out again about uh, the work that Farm Bureau did to make sure that family farms and ranches won't be uh, shouldering the cost of this as well. Just to, just to let our friends know again that uh, the family farms and ranches won't be impacted to the extent that they thought they would be in, in the, the price tag on this. Right. So the American Farm Bureau advocated um, a pretty, on a pretty high level, as well as, um, you know, a lot of the national affair coordinators from across the state, they, they were in, involved in this and trying to make sure that, um, that there is not going to be a increase in capital gains or corporate tax rates and that they're preserving the stepped up basis. That was uh, all big things in American Farm Bureau advocated upon for that, and um, they worked with the Senate to ensure that the farmers and ranchers are protected from these harf harmful tax hikes. Um, and, and like I said, we've been having these as priority issues for a long time, uh, and, and it's something that's incredibly um, meaningful to us uh, as, you know, as farmers and ranchers, as the agricultural industry, we want to make sure that people can, just like you said, that they can get their products from the farm or the ranch down the road so they can continue down the supply chain and eventually end up, um, you know, on people's plates at home or in their, in their clothes as fiber. And there's just so many different aspects that agriculture needs. And, and it's important to be able to get those products from the farm to the consumer and, and going through that. So American Farm Bureau advocated to make sure that farmers and ranchers aren't being hurt by this. They're only being helped. And like I said earlier, I mean, these things won't happen, these things won't happen overnight, but the modern modernization of it all is incredibly important and needed. Um, so we're, we're hopeful that these, this continues to move down the line and that we can see some of the benefits out in the country here and here soon. Um, I also just want to give a shout out, Rachel, to, uh, two big fall events that the Montana Farm Bureau is hosting. That's the Young Farmer and Rancher Leadership Conference. That's going to be October 15th and 17th. And where's that going to be held at, Rachel? 
that event will be held here in Bozeman uh, um, at the Grand Tree, and we're excited to welcome a lot of the different young farmers and ranchers from across the state to come and learn some different leadership, hear from really great keynote speakers, um, and, and just network with other young farmers and ranchers. So I, uh, I definitely would like to shout out that for sure. Registration for that will be able to be found at mfbf.org just uh, shortly. I should have just clicked on the actual link. It would have told me where it was in Bozeman there. I didn't do that. But, <laughs> and also uh, the upcoming annual convention of the Montana Farm Bureau, November 8th through the 10th. That's going to be in downtown Billings at the Doubletree and Northern Hotels, just as it has been held in the past. Obviously, last year's uh, meetings looking much different than in years past, just due to the pandemic. Uh, what should folks uh, be looking at? Obviously, the big fall county meetings where policy uh, comes from that grassroots level uh, will be taking place uh, starting here very soon. What should folks be thinking about going to those county meetings and then uh, planning to attend the annual convention there in Billings uh, during the month of November? Absolutely. Um, of course, this is this is kind of the bread and butter of Farm Bureau. We want to we want to get grassroots advocacy done, and that starts with um, people having discussions. So at these county annual meetings in the next month, um, that's when counties will sit down. They'll talk about what's going on in their in their neck of the woods, and they will propose policy for the state and national level. Um, and and that is really valuable because once it passes the county level, and then heard at the state level, if it passes at state level. That becomes, uh, you know, part of the Montana Farm Bureau policy book. That becomes what we lobby on. That's the voices of our farmers and ranchers. And that's what we share up at the Capitol in Helena and in D.C. So it's really, really valuable to get those local voices heard. Uh, and this is really the first step. So I would encourage anyone um, that if you're if you're part of your Farm Bureau or if you're not part of Farm Bureau to look at these county annual meetings, if you don't know uh, where they are, when they are. Um, I encourage you to call the office here in Bozeman or to reach out to your regional manager and get those and get those details so you can attend those meetings and share share your voice. You know, no problem is too small to uh, to have a conversation about in these meetings. And so they're really they are really valuable. And then, of course, to come to the convention in November, that's when delegates from each county will sit down and they'll decide what what ends up in the book and what and, you know, how we can lobby on it and how we can advocate for farmers and ranchers. So. This is a really, really important time of the, the Farm Bureau calendar. Well, again, uh, those events and registrations uh, can all be found at uh, mfbf.org. It's a great resource where you can join the Montana Farm Bureau, learn more about their policy, policy book, and their advocacy through grassroots effort. Again, mfbf.org. Rachel, before I let you get back to your day in Bozeman, anything else you would just like to share with our listeners out in the countryside today? I would just like to say thanks for having me, Lane, and uh, and thanks for letting us share some of the voices. And um, we're uh, it's been a busy year, and it'll be pretty busy. But I think there's a lot of good stuff going on that we're working through. So we're we're continuing to work for the farmers and ranchers of Montana, and sharing those voices both in Helena and DC. Well, again, Rachel Cohn, Director of State Governmental Affairs for the Montana Farm Bureau. Thanks for joining us here today. Thanks so much. And that will do it for this Agriculture Conversation on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. I'm Lane Nordlund. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the LaneCast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.